welcome to the Spiritual Soaps podcast with me, your host, India Majuri, also known as The Energy Coach. I am a soul alignment healer and spiritual mentor on a mission to help you realign to your soul's purpose. That means let's wash away the ideas and myths of how you think you should be and let's reconnect you back in with your soul. I want you to celebrate yourself in your perfect imperfections as I know you are truly magic. I just literally want you to see it too. In these episodes, I've partnered up with my spirit guides to offer you stories, truths and deep conversations to help you expand your awareness and inspire healthy conversations, just like watching your favourite soap opera. If you've been finding yourself asking who am I and what is my purpose, Stay tuned for the next juicy episode, or you can also reach out via my Instagram page or website, which is linked in the show notes, to find out more about my one-to-one soul alignment healing and spiritual mentoring programs. Be prepared to have fun, laugh, cry and joke around, all in aid of washing away what's holding you back. Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Spiritual Soaps. And today we have my fabulous friend, Hannah Wallace, with us. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure to be here, babe. <laughs> I just am laughing that you wanted genuine laughs. We were talking about laughter beforehand and we've just been laughing. <laughs> we've said the wrong name. <laughs> it's gone a bit mental, this podcast. We were talking about poo stories before we pressed record and now we're like... <laughs> trying to get the um trying to get the sound right yeah anyway we're here we've made it and I am very very grateful to have you with us uh would you mind introducing yourself to the spiritual soaps listeners and explaining a little bit about yourself and what you do oh excellent well I just want to do like a little EastEnders or like Coronation Street do 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 I'm Hannah. I am a spiritual mentor, teacher, disabled activist, um, healer, meditation teacher, um, and I help and guide people to integrate their darkness and light through the various channels of my work, um, from mentoring to podcasting. I have a podcast called Finding Grace, and I'm also completing up a book that is called Finding Grace. So in a nutshell I'm somebody that despite my own personal circumstances of living with a um, genetic condition for like a large number of years um, has learned to make the best of it and has learned to navigate that and learned to thrive with that and so through what I'm doing I'm there to show people that whatever's happening in your life there is always a way it's actually finding your way. Mm. You are literally at the happiest positive most balanced and peaceful person that I've ever met so it really it really does sort of highlight the stigma around being um or having a disability and not living a life that society deems as normal and seeing it as a a negative or seeing it as a oh poor you like well done for for living type yeah. thing and yeah. I know we've had conversations about that before about how different you've been treated and how you notice people on the street and and in situations you know in certain like coffee shops and things like that but um what has like what has got you to be your most peaceful confident 
and loving self because I know your journey hasn't been so smooth sailing and um, there is some element of how do I put this some element obviously you weren't always in a wheelchair you didn't always have to have it and this this illness developed halfway through your life so that is huge and for you to overcome that find a new balance and a new grace and a new life an an improved life in mentally and physically yeah definitely mentally like a rebirth essentially Mm, rebirth what what how did you get to this space (laughs) so the backstory is I I lived should we say up to the age of 17 I lived a very busy life there were there were problems when I say problems there were like I knew there was sometimes things with maybe my body that weren't quite right but to be honest with you I was pretty driven human music drama living my best life for my friends I basically wanted to pack everything in and you know when I got older going underage to clubs so basically trying to do everything at once so I was too busy I guess should we say doing stuff to notice sometimes maybe that things weren't right then overnight when I was 17 I woke up one Monday morning I knew that for a few weeks there was something quite drastically up with glandular fever but not just like I guess your average glandular fever a very very extreme version that attacked my organs and my whole body and at this point I now understand that this was actually that there were two things simultaneously going on that actually what the other health stuff that had been happening they happened to kind of almost coincide but not it was just unfortunate Um, but I didn't know this for 10 years Um, so you know, my life changed overnight. And I was for four or five months, basically, in my bed. It was like a shock to it was traumatic. Because if you go from, you know, like some, I guess, like, I had, a, you know, I liked going to school, like, you know, how some people hate school, hate their lives, hate friends, I liked my life, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I had a good life, I was having a lot of fun. And the people around me, my, you know, some friends who are friends with me now still watched basically their friend overnight become a shell, like empty. There was, there was nothing. I had nothing in India. There was nothing. It was, it was terrible and it was very dark. So eventually my mum and I took charge. We thought, right, what can we do to help? So once we realized that doctors were like, there's not a lot you can do, you know, we haven't seen anything as extreme as this, but, you know, we recognize this is bad, but we don't really know what to do, obviously, as we know how this is. So we sought out alternative routes. Um, So that, and at this point, I was open to that because previous to that, around the age of 12, I got into yoga, spirituality, um, and all of that. I was always known as the hippie one amongst my friends, administering pressure point massages when people had period pain, herbs, teeth, really like, you know, back then, obviously, it was really weird. (laughs) India. Yep. Yeah, that was I was like out there. So that was always kind of an integrated part of my life. So because I was open to that, I, I it wasn't like I needed to go to somewhere and be open to it. I was open to try anything, really. And we started doing things and I started to recover a little bit, but I knew fundamentally things were still not right. And I returned back to school, but I plunged into kind of a depression because I felt like I was living these two dual lives. I was trying to be happy on the outside to the world and I was really suffering. And this led to depression. 
this led to me becoming in a very dark place. And I also think it's like anything traumatic we go through, and this can be for anyone listening. Sometimes we don't really um, experience how traumatic an event is until afterwards. Mm. And that, uh, because when I was trying to survive in those months where I, I wasn't functioning, I was surviving. It wasn't like, I couldn't even really cry. I cried a lot afterwards because it was like I was crying out all the grief. And eventually I went to the doctor and sought help and actually went on medication. Um, And the doctor said to me, you know, quite bluntly, she said, this, this will help. But she said, you need to accept you're going through like a grief here. You're, You're like going through, she said, this is not just you know, that you're a bit depressed, like this has got to be something you've got to really, in my opinion, integrate. And that stuck with me for for a little while. I sat and kind of processed that I was still doing some various, um, you know, alternative acupuncture, all kinds of things and starting to, and I was crying just a lot. Um, And eventually, um, you know, I left school and couldn't get back on functioning. Things were getting worse. um, And I was like, what's going on? So eventually they diagnosed me with chronic fatigue, um, ME, post-viral fatigue. And they were like, we know something's not right here. Because even like my, in a lot of cases where that things don't show up, but things were showing up, but they just didn't know. They just really didn't know what to do. So they were like, you seem to be helped. Basically, it was like, you seem to be helping yourself. So guess keep doing that. I got to a point where the darkness physically I was doing everything I could at this point, you know, experimenting because so much was happening. Then my body so much was triggering no matter all this healing that I was doing. So eventually I woke up one day and thought if I can't um, fully control what's going on my body, I actually can control my mind. Mm. And I'd been reading a lot of books at this point, you know, the Louise Hay, Neil Donald Walsh, Wayne Dyer. So I was like, if I can do one thing for myself, I can help my mind. So I committed to that. And that took me back on that journey that I thought, whatever is going on, if I can make my mind as strong as possible, that doesn't mean I don't experience emotional trauma, but I'm able to then learn how to deal with things. Mm. I took myself on that path. And I did obviously outside various processes, but the one biggest thing I come to realize, it was a real inner journey with meditation and me fully integrating that darkness, meeting that darkness, accepting it. This led me to 10 years later, still navigating, not going on to then eventually a friend on Facebook leading me to get a diagnosis. You know, my mate Tim on Facebook gives a suggestion. I go to the doctors. This is so true. My doctor Googles the suggestion because she had no clue and said, I think your mate might be right. And I was like, wow, "Wow, that's what I was like, babe. So I, it was a really weird moment at that point as well, because I kind of knew the implications that actually a lot of things that I'd been looking for would have been answered. But I also understood what this meant, that it was going to even be a deeper integration that I was going to have to go on now, because my, my definition of what I thought I could do was going to probably be different. And it was crazy because I was still trying and doing all these different things and just not getting better Mm. and that was frustrating because I was like 
you know, so eventually I kind of let off doing quite a lot of stuff and gave myself time to start to live again. So what I had realized on this journey, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself because I think, as we know, what we talk about with society, I, I felt that people would be judging me if she wasn't trying to get better. This was all self. Can I just say this? And this will be so many people listening. We often have a story about what we think other people are thinking. Sometimes mm-hmm. they are thinking shit, but a large proportion of the time they're too worried about their own bullshit than actually your stuff. And if they are having the odd judgment and comment, it generally comes from people not understanding all of this going on. I actually looked pretty damn good. So this is the kind of irony, apart from when I'd got my weight back up, when I couldn't digest food, if you'd seen me from the outside, aside from the start, I'd having to start using a few disability aids at this point, you would have been like, that girl's got the glow. She's got the, she's looking freaking banging. She's looking on point. So it was a very weird experience to be living life, meeting people, trying to explain to people that if, especially if I was going outside, that actually the reality of what I was experiencing, if I was being able to get outside that what was happening when I was going back behind closed doors, it's mm-hmm. really hard to kind of get, you know what we say, gauge, because you're like, but you look really good. So I had to overcome the mental battles with that. And eventually I made peace with that because I made peace with the fact that we can, you know, I guess it's that thing where people are only just taking things, you know, it's lack of understanding. It's, it's sometimes hard to really get a full grip on what's going on. So this then led me onto this deeper journey of integration and also making peace with what was happening so I think I'd been at war with myself like you know I think the biggest thing you can sometimes learn on these journeys is all the stuff that can support you until you meet yourself and make peace with yourself um and love yourself from that space um you know you're always going to be at war and so I I guess I made peace I laid down the this I surrendered Mm. and once I started to do that and of course it's a cosmic dance I'd say my life really changed because I started to feel more in control for some reason because essentially I'd surrendered and I no longer was like thinking well even though so and so down the road said try this and it didn't work I hadn't done anything wrong and it was it was all these layers and factors and uh, and I've I've written about this too in, in my book of like when we're going on these journeys, there are all these layers and factors from us making peace, we're listening, us forgiving, us integrating, us looking through the lens of love, us learning to trust again. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's all these layers of this tapestry and it's making peace with them. And then whatever is happening, you know, and some days it is hard, that's okay. Mm. I can still, and also you can still have fun. You can still... You don't have to be playing up to the outside. If people are going to make an assumption, well, I thought she was really unwell or I thought she was going through this, but she's like, you know, looks like she's living her best life, then that's okay. It's about making that choice to live. And if we can choose joy and choose life, whatever stage you're at, you know, like, you know, high or low, you you essentially change the game for yourself you you change your life and you reclaim yourself and you reclaim your life Mm, so so powerful because as a collective and and I am 100% guilty of this I generally inside my head I feel like everything is fixable okay it's fine doctor says no you say no this professional says no 
I know I can. I know I can. And it, and, and I, I was like, yeah, that, that was me. I was, yeah. And it was a struggle for me not to be able to, to especially <laughs> coming from somebody that, you know, I, I've done like a diploma in music. I've like got grade eight on the piano and the clarinet, you know, like I could fix things. I could get things right. Mm. I have this, like, I was, I guess it was quite an amp driven that came from within, not from um, the outside. And also because I'd been reading so many spiritual texts and, and learning, I guess you, it, it's making peace with all those gray areas in between around things. And I think that's the greatest learning on these spiritual journeys, because very often we, we come across these stumbling points where we're like, we're questioning things, but actually it's all part of the different processes. We're not, I, I said, I say this to people, we're not God for a very good reason, because if we have that amount of power and the problem is we, we not only try to play God with other people's lives, we try to play God with ourselves most of the time. That's who we're trying to do that with. We're trying to override things that maybe, you know, and I think it's making peace with knowing that sometimes things are going to happen mm-hmm. and that's okay shit's going to happen. You're going to fuck up. Sometimes you're going to mess up. Sometimes you're going to make the wrong choices. You're going to make the wrong decisions. And if you naturally come from that place where a, like you said, you like to fix things or you like to be feeling control, you, you try and take control of that. And sometimes I don't know about you, India. I know that I fucked up in, in, you know, made the wrong decisions or done things. I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Simply because I was not in that kind of centered place. Mm. But then it needed to happen for you to get to that centered space. Absolutely. And and it's yeah. and I think that's the really important thing, like learning that, you know, we have to sometimes go on these dark experiences that can be really painful, that can be really upsetting, that can be traumatizing. Um, and it's almost like learning to become okay with that, but also naming it and calling it. And I know we've had these discussions in the past, like becoming okay with meeting something and being like angry about something. And I Mm. think for me, there were emotions for a long time that I denied myself because it wasn't spiritual. You don't want to get too angry. And, you know, I've had people say that, and I just want to say this for the spiritual soaps you can be spiritual and get really fucking pissed off and angry and call things out and say stuff. And that is okay. But there's this kind of outside view that if you're on these kind of spiritual paths, oh my God, I thought you were spiritual. You're not meant to get angry or upset. Actually, it's about the emotional regulation that comes in. It's about knowing that you can move through that dark space and come out and integrate it with the light. Light and darkness cannot exist with each without each other. The line between love and fear is so fucking fine. Um, we 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 don't want to actually admit that. Mm. And spiritual people are scared <laughs> all the time. Absolutely, <laughs> and and it's also part of being human. I think we sometimes forget that we're having this human experience and um that that sometimes we have to be human and I think that was the biggest thing for me was like having to be human fun and like doing silly things and reclaiming those sides of yourself and really coming back to that because I think there's so much pressure for everybody in life where we end up striving for this stuff or molding ourselves into these ways or choosing to go down a path that we stop living Mm. and 
do you want to like get to the end of your life or meet yourself at that last point and be like I didn't live didn't live and I, I think what you know what you what you did is surrendering and what surrendering actually means and I, and I struggled actually understanding what surrender is you know you hear a lot of spiritual teachers or people saying let go surrender and I generally didn't understand what that means mm. but it means being okay with the options mm. if I get worse because this is you know say it's it's unreversible to my body which is the condition that you're in or how you know you were in at that point um I'm okay with that yeah. or if I get better and I'm able to to live the life you know with walking and doing all of these things that I could do before I'm okay with that too and it's being okay with the junction mm, absolutely and also like for me for instance I'm really lucky that I can actually move I mean I look at like my fortune I'm lucky I can move about a tiny bit I'm like mm. so freaking grateful for that um and I also know that I feel like I've nurtured myself and I do the very best for myself. I know I'm fortunate with that privilege, I guess, society, the people, the help and support that I get that, you know, I'm able to kind of manage things really well. And that's what it, but it's acceptance. If, if, do you know what, when I, when I actually made peace with acceptance, I actually felt better. (laughs) I can't even fucking describe it. It was like a relief that, and I, and I think we, it's because we're worried often a lot of the time what other people are going to say, because people look at acceptance as a very scary thing, like someone has given up. It's not. Surrender and acceptance is not giving up. Surrender and acceptance is like what you said, that it's okay either way. And also, I think we place the things that we want, you know, the golden egg we're chasing, we place, we put it on a pedestal we have to take those things off the pedestal and meet them where we're at as soon as we do that we suddenly realize that it it's not this like unattainable golden egg of a thing and I think that for me was really um powerful as well when I took a lot of stuff down off the pedestal I'd put it up there Mm, well that's it we're our own kind of we're, you know, like I said about being at war with ourselves, we're often at war with ourselves on so many different levels and don't even realize it because we've put these things on a pedestal. So we're looking at the outside, the society programming. We take that in, we make the decision that that's clearly what we need. We place that on the pedestal and then we're living our lives via this pedestal that's so disconnected and it's disconnection. When mm. you come to a place of surrender and acceptance, you reconnect, you reclaim, you come back to your heart. And you can come back in your body. And I think for me, when you have had so many issues with your body, and this is for anyone that's been dealing with anything to do with the body, because it could be like almost, you know, someone struggling even with food, to come back into your body, to to make peace with your body, whatever state it's in. Especially women, our bodies evolve and change every second of every day. Like, first of all, our menstrual cycle. Secondly, as we get older. I mean, the same with men. I feel women are probably a bit more drastic um, with the with our hormones, which is so different. And it's coming. It's that acceptance, you know, becoming okay with you being bloated one day or. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you gaining weight one year or losing it or or whatever. It's sometimes being 
was saying to yourself, okay, well, I, I accept that I may be never going to go back to how I was before, before my chronic, chronic illness or before I had this baby or before, you know, I, I had a severe eating disorder, you know, our bodies change and evolve. And that is the beauty. I mean, if our bodies didn't, it'd be weird, you know, imagine. Absolutely. I mean, it would be, and for instance, I at one point was really seriously underweight because I couldn't really digest food and there were loads Mm -hmm. of problems going on. So that was something I was able to kind of take a level of control of. But what happens when your body has been starved and is like six and a half, seven stone for like two or three years struggling, when you put on weight, you're going to bloat, you're going to puff, and you're going to almost look a bit strange for a while. And I am really grateful that I just, you know, people commented like it's mad. People comment when you're underweight, people like, you know, like you're always going to get that. But I just made peace with the fact that I was so grateful that I could kind of eat properly again what just I say properly you know um when you when you're living with various things you have to be more more mindful should we say in my case anyway but that I could do that I was like I'm really grateful to be here in this state now so if I'm gonna look a bit puffy so be it and that's okay Mm. and it's almost like we have this thing that if we don't look good, we equate it to sexiness. Let's like come back to the crux of it, right? That's what it comes down to. That's why, you know, one of the reasons I struggled with a wheelchair in the first place, it's, it's not sexy. Mm. And that's what it comes down to. We It's this des- weird fucked fuckery we've got with desire when actually what is sexy? Sexy is what you make of it. And if someone is in their sexy and you know living that sexy within them you will you will get that sexy coming from them whatever state they're in you'll feel that fire Mm, and and really sexiness comes from within Mm. I remember when I was um at uni me and my best friend Hannah uh, we Hannah always used to you know find guys I say find guys but guys always used to gravitate towards her I was always really insecure with myself and how I looked and I just didn't I never felt sexy and I found it really hard to keep eye contact with a guy like Hannah was able to eye guys up and communicate and chat just like a normal person I would say communication and I would just be really you know I'd freeze and be like oh my gosh someone's looking at me I can't so she used to give me lessons and how to just be relaxed and be myself but that wasn't because and at the time, this is what I believed, that she was prettier. She was more sexy. She was more desirable. She was a better than person. It's not the case at all. Yes, she was more desirable because she was confident within. Yeah. It didn't mean that I was less attractive. Yeah, maybe I would get different attention because we're different people. Yeah, people have different, you know, types and different likes and dislikes. Um, but... I didn't have the confidence within, therefore I was expressing that insecurity out into this world of don't talk to me because I can't hold a conversation with anyone apart from who people I know. So I had that very much closed aura, which I've, I genuinely do anyway with human design, um, but it really, really emanated that when I was out in, in, in public. I think too, it comes back to feeling safe. And I think for me, one of the things that I learned upon this journey that I've been on, and I know this applies to all of us, is where our safety lies. 
And, um, you know, if we don't feel safe in our body or safe in our, like, if you think something traumatic's going on, you are being made to feel unsafe in some way, or we're going through something, it's coming back to that place. If we start to feel safe in ourselves and in our bodies and in our mind, and we learn to trust that, that can be really powerful for us to do. And essentially you didn't feel safe to receive that attention because Mm. also, what is like receiving right it comes down to this like a lot of us struggle with receiving I was always what 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 do you want so if you pay me attention or pay me a compliment or buy me a drink what do you want in return exactly whereas I guess I'm very similar to what your friend Hannah was I I wouldn't be but I have a friend who exactly used to say this to me like oh he you know they want something but we all like I used to say we all want something Mm. um and I I guess it's coming back to that idea that it's it's trust isn't it and it's also that if you felt you know like we've all we've all been rejected we've all felt that oh feeling and it's like we we carry those feelings within us and you know especially if we've been rejected like I definitely know that I've you know as I've um I know that like for instance the wheelchair will have put people off sometimes there will have been rejection and I've learned to make peace with that because I understand it's their own fears their own stuff and it's not really personal and sometimes people just don't know what to say and that's that's the way it is sometimes but I think it's like it's having it's perspective right and perspective is really hard to meet and gain sometimes because I guess no one really no one really gives you a guidebook on something like that. It's like we fucking learn on the job and it's like, oh my God. Mm. Yeah. And and it's also sort of introducing that people are different growing up because when I grew up, I don't, and I think I, I would say as a society, we are grown up to see our, our box of yeah. group of friends or however, and it's trying to fit into that but especially in the media and there's no, there was no diversity for us. No. No diversity with um, different ethnicities, different um, disabilities. I, I was, well, I am dyslexic. I was really lucky with the school that I went to because I had loads of extra support. And then when I changed school uh, for AS level, A levels, I was queuing up to go into the exam room first because I have extra time and then there's a group of people they weren't necessarily my friends but like people that were in my class so associates I'd speak to going ha ha you're stupid like laughing and I literally just kicked off and I was like f you I was fuming but I hadn't hadn't actually experienced that before because for the school that I went to before um was quite inclusive in in that way but they weren't saying it maliciously. It was just a joke, but they just, that's the sort of, that was like the norm. And even just being different, I was like, well, lucky me for having extra time. Like you probably need it more than I do. <laughs> so. yeah, and I think it comes down to that, isn't it? It's that those kind of painful experiences that we might experience, unless you're somebody that can fully own it, um, it, it can start, we, we start to build up those walls and layers around us. Um, mm-hmm. And it starts to become different. And I think this is what happens between like men and women growing up. Um, you know, we start building up those walls as women 
um, through experiences, through something, how, through what someone says, through what maybe we're fed by society or through messages that we're receiving. So these two war and if wars get built up and if you think about this, we deal with that. Then we deal maybe with our own stuff and our own healing. Then we're dealing with other stuff like, you know, quote unquote, what we want to do or our purpose, or do we want to get married, have family? There's so many layers and it's each one of those things, taking our power back around them and where we can learn what we can control, what we can't control. And like we've said all along in this, where we need surrender and, Mm. you know, where we need to recognize there are times to contract and times to expand and learning to regulate ourselves with that in each each section of well each layer we pull back we change we evolve so that that's part of the surrender experience isn't it i've i've had this traumatic event happen to me or um even this positive um, event that's happened to me, you're still never going to be the same person that you were before that experience. Uh-huh. And that, yeah, that may you, you look different. It may, it will be, we may think differently, act differently. You will always have that experience added into the, the, the long list of other experiences that you've had. So the more sort of you peel away and surrender and let go and accept the more you change, adapt, adapt and grow and you're, you're going to be different. Yeah. And it's, a, and also it's being okay with that when we expand and change, if we accept, I, I think it comes down to this. If we can step into the place where we need to be, you know, who we maybe want to be or where we feel like we're heading to, if you own that, then generally the people around you will be left reactive. But if we are doubting that and we are struggling because we're worried about all that outside stuff, that's when those kind of irritations start to occur because we haven't fully owned, you know, what's happened or where we're at or really what we want. And that's what it comes down to. Mm. Yeah, completely. I want to sort of bring our attention or the conversation back into that middle messy bit (laughs) you know it's fair enough yeah accept adapt you know great move on surrender Woo! (laughs) yeah like (laughs) sounds so easy sorry bro (laughs) yeah just do it just surrender let go and accept you know to get there you know you've already expressed this before it's that grieving process and grief doesn't mean that you've lost someone dearly it means that you've maybe lost a part of yourself things have changed it's it's there's so many different facets to that and grief is so different to each person and you also mentioned that you've you've helped me in the past accept things for what it is and and we can be so mindful of of everyone and everyone else's feelings and everyone else's thoughts and especially if you're an empath you're like yeah but I understand why that person has has um done this to me or in your situation I suppose there wasn't any other person you could probably start blaming yourself oh sorry my alarm let's stop that um you probably started to blame yourself yeah. Oh gosh. And, and then hate the fact, hate the fact that you blamed yourself. So don't blame myself, but I am blaming myself. You know, you have that argument with yourself, but it's yeah. call it what it is. That's your, literally your message to me was call it what it is. So yeah. with my, my experience with, with a person that I knew an old friend, it was like, 
she's upset you doesn't matter her situation you're upset honor your feelings with your situation it's I'm okay to be angry at myself right now this is it I'm pissed off with my body it's not fair tantrum because that is going to help us evolve it's to allow it to come up that's such a powerful message that you've told me and that is something that I I share (laughs) with everyone no and it's so it's so true because it's okay I think it's really understanding like what you said about grief um you know we we literally unfortunately in society just associate grief most of the time with death but like you say we are continually going through a series of mini griefs and also there is no rule book with grief you can go through a grief process and feel good think you've got it and then things can trigger that off but if you've allowed yourself during that grief process to meet that grief to really honor that grief and recognize that it's something that is built within us it's part of that tapestry it's part of how you know sometimes I say to people it's it's almost how much our capacity to love is because when we're angry at something or when we've experienced a loss of a physical or non-physical or whatever it is it it affects our relationship with love and we we it just you know it disconnects us from love and you know when I lost a friend a couple of years ago you know having gone through a really shitty breakup and I was not in a good place and sometimes when those should we say normal life things have happened to me it's almost been like good for me to not have that like before it was always like that inner battle with myself when the outside stuff happens it's a very different experience Mm. Um, and to experience that that grief of losing a friend who took his life it was it was like painful but then I remembered love and I remembered that you know love never dies and that actually was part of my healing process but also to feel fully feel it and I can always feel my head tingling now so I feel like I can feel it oh my god babe um but like you know I think it's um, understanding as well we go through many grief processes and don't let anybody take away your grief process make sure you have trusted people make sure you honor that grief like you know what some people can like you know are really good at processing things right they can get through things move through things some people are different we're all different different things will affect us in different ways when we chuck out the rule book and you know put put down what we think we should be doing and tune in and listen and learn to trust what we're feeling and trust that even if um you know someone else says something different bring it back to yourself does that feel good in my body right now and actually feel it and if you need to and you know what sometimes as soon as you've got permission and you've taken your power back and like let's say you need to feel angry about something once you've kind of done that you realize that it has less of a hold over you than what you thought it did have. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's realizing that it's the pedestal thing again, right? If we're really angry about something, but we're not really feeling it or we're skirting around it or we're bypassing things or we're making excuses or we're, you know, not looking at it for what it is, you know, you're always going to be feeling that disconnect. But when you stop that, and you fully allow yourself to feel the grief that's around that you can move forward mm. you can move forward it's it's wise words my yeah, gorge 
you know like I think as well like in a western society like you know we need to be you know how amazing is the fact that we have that capacity to do that that we have the capacity for grief as humans to be able to do that and move through that and that helps us heal it's it's almost like this sacred experience that because we've been trained to think it's quote-unquote bad or negative or so painful that it it's actually sometimes already clouds the experience so when it's happening it feels even worse whereas if someone's like you're allowed to grieve Mm, it's that permission you gave me that permission that day and I think that's the thing sometimes I've been given that as well by a friend before and sometimes we need to know that it's okay and I think when I met my body and I was like when that doctor said to me I mean when you look at all those years ago that was a really powerful thing for a doctor to say you know I was 19 Mm. it was it was it was it was hard because all my friends were living their lives. My friends were going off to university at this point and I was barely functioning really. I was just kind of a shell kind of living, trying to like mumble around and having to come to terms with that was, was a lot. And also knowing, not knowing what was going to really happen. Am I ever going to be the same again? But when I stopped trying to get that girl back, and what you said about the evolving, because I think for so long I held on to old Hannah, pre-Hannah, you know, when I let her go and then I allowed myself to be me from where I was and knew that that wasn't bad and that people will still love you and that you're okay and it's safe to be you now. That was mm-hmm. powerful. That helps us heal. That helps us trust. Mm, it's giving me shivers give me my hair's gone on end but that's so true you know some bizarre reason we're here you know words cannot science can try and describe it but really nothing can describe the fact that we are here we are humans and there is this plan for us whether that is already planned out or whether that evolves as our life evolves but we can't we can't change what happens to us. No. And we have a, an idea of how we want our life to be. We can have, you know, big dreams, for example. I want to be this in this industry and, and want to work with that or, you know, to go traveling or whatever. And you see yourself looking a certain way and being a certain way mm-hmm. is letting go of that dream, how you see it's going to plan out that dream doesn't mean it won't happen but it's going to happen in a way that you can't even predict like so I always say that the job that I'm doing now I never dreamt of this job I didn't know it existed I almost created this job as time goes I I created the energy coach Mm. um and you know you've created Hannah Wallace the the life that you're living now you wouldn't have ever been able to to dream about that but no absolutely and and I think as well um if I hadn't you know it it makes us learn about ourselves in ways we never thought were possible um and it also makes it I think it just makes us realize uh, like you know gives us that check-in with our ego to some extent that you know, it's great we have that ego. And I always say that to people. It's like everything, like the darkness, that like we need things to, you know, like that. But also it makes us realize that that's not the overall dominating thing that's controlling us. And sometimes, let's face it, what we think we want 
we don't actually fucking want anyway. And what we think something needs to look like, it actually needed to look different anyway. And actually, sometimes we can find something better along the way. I mean, sometimes the reroutes are just, you know, shit hot sexy. And, <laughs> I love that. And, 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 it's, and it's kind of, you know, being okay with that. But I guess it's that thing that we liked, we, you know, we've been taught, I guess, as children, like we're programmed to control things in certain ways. And it's having that constant cosmic dance between, okay, I'm going to take the action here, then I'm going to sit back and allow, and I'm going to make sure that I'm checked in with myself and trust. Because it's like, we, we've got to do the stuff that we need to do to move forward. Then it's creating enough space. And I think for me a long time, I wasn't ever creating space in my life to have breathing space. And that's what we always need to do. We need to know we've got that capacity where there is a gap of nothingness. And within that nothingness, everything can form. We don't need to fill that gap up because as humans, we need to fill that gap up. We don't want to be bored or we don't want to be seen not to be doing something or we we need to fill that gap up to make us feel better. But when we stop doing that and we just allow that space, know that space is the, the you know, the part of the powerful shifting space that we can be in, it's, it's potent. Mm, as, you know, a collective, we are uncomfortable with that silence, with that mm. just being. But actually br- being brings you to knowing, brings you to clarity, you know, being. What does meditation mean? I mean, it's an active, you're actively being, but you can just be watching TV. You can just be reading a book. You can just be, you know, pottering around your house, going for walks, cleaning if you want to, or just um, embroidery if you enjoy that, art, something creative, like just being. And you're not doing it because you have to do something you're doing it because you enjoy it and it's a space of of just clarity you're gaining clarity by doing the action and not because you've got a deadline not because oh I've got to keep busy got to keep busy must do 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 but if you are for example embroidery and you you know that once you're in that rhythm you're just you're just in that sort of meditative state and, and, and things start shifting into, into perspective. Like that is being that space you're creating space. Absolutely. And like, for me, sometimes something I really like to do, I love classical music. And sometimes I like to sit down with a cup of tea or coffee, be like in a warm space. And I will listen to an entire concerto or listen. And it's, it's sometimes even I'm like, oh my God, this is so indulgent. Like I'm not actively Mm. listening and doing something, but I'm just actively just sat there. And it's not because I need to do something to help myself heal or I need to do something, but I'm actually just sat there fucking jizzing over this beautiful music and I think we we need to and that's how we reconnect with pleasure as well because pleasure is such an integral part of our healing process and of life but we have always been told since children to turn down the pleasure button and you know we need that that's something we all need to reclaim and you know like we we think about indulgence if we're being indulgent oh my god look that's really indulgent you're doing that but we need to change that story and recognize that it's actually safe to do that it's good to do you don't have to earn to do that as well like we have this huge programming about earning indulgence earning pleasure 
Um, and that then, let if you start on that program and you've got all these other bloody things around it, to like then it starts how you receive and, you know, and all of those things. So it's really shifting yourself into that space that even if you're trying to heal or even if you're like, you know, if you're really unhappy, but then you could put some music on, you could have a moment of fleeting happiness. Sometimes people will feel guilt for that. Cause they're like, Oh my God, I thought I was unhappy, but now I've had a, but it's claiming those moments. And when we start to really mindfully move into that space where we're claiming those moments of our lives, we change our life. We change our life because we embody that. And it comes to me, it comes down to embodiment, embodiment and trust and, you know, reclaiming those lost parts of you that you've given away to X, Y, and Z. Mm you know giving up that self-sacrifice because if you're functioning at 50 percent of your capacity then no one else is going to benefit from that yeah, so you need to be overflowing so you're you're feeling feeling filled up you're feeling juicy and if you are you know of course there are going to be times in our lives where you know we get tired or we have to maybe do more or we have to you know but it's always I think it's having that emotional regulation to recognize okay that's temporary I'm going to come back to the space that I know and fill myself back up reconnect with my heart reconnect with pleasure reconnect with my body myself and what actually makes me feel good mm, pleasure Pleasure. pleasure it's such a when do you actually use that word pleasure to be honest like mm. I don't think I ever say that in my vocabulary but I'm going to start using it now because joy it is pleasure pleasure is is so but there's you know, a lot of connotation around pleasure because like you know we a lot of people associate pleasure with sex and there's all the drama around that as well and as women all the things we have to unpack and all of those things that it's almost and it is this whole thing about feeling we have to earn pleasure but reclaiming your own pleasure and reclaiming what pleasure means to you and imagine if growing up somebody was like let's talk about your pleasure mm. I mean I was quite connected to that from quite a young age and it was seen as very rebellious amongst you know my peer groups you know and but I was like you know I'm going to take some pleasure for the team you know and I think that's what we need to do. We need to realize that by reclaiming our pleasure, we're empowering other people around us. And also not like labeling, you know, like trying to downplay if something feels good or we're enjoying, like, you know, like me sitting with my piece of music, like that is pleasure as much as, should we say, physical pleasure or other pleasure that I enjoy. It's, it's, it's recognizing the pleasure in things and claiming that and kind of connecting with it. So it does feel jizzy. Do you know what, as you were talking there, firstly, I want to apologize for the uh, postman arriving. <laughs> I can't actually hear him. Are you kidding? Okay. <laughs> the doorbell went. Um, what I was imagining, what was I thinking when you were talking is I, I gain a lot of pleasure from clothes Um I do, however, upcycle a lot of things and a lot of my clothes are handed down from my sister. I very rarely buy new clothes because I, I do love to upcycle um, charity shops and stuff. But yet when someone compliments me on my clothing, I'm like, oh, it cost me like a pound or it's upcycled or this sort of justifying my nice clothes. Like fair enough in context, I, I enjoy doing that as to, to be sustainable, um, 
and but I do also en- enjoy spending money yeah. on new things but I don't need to justify or it's almost that shame around new things being like oh no I am I do this was only a pound or 10 pounds from da 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 don't worry I'm I am I'm not that you know bougie I'm I'm normal or whatever that looks but we all do it don't we a lot of us do we do, definitely we justify things and and I think it's it's from fear of like I said coming back to what I was experiencing that initial judgment and me we we judge we judge like I had this real like I say this story about if people saw me having fun but then they were like oh I thought she was ill or I thought she was going through this like she's having fun like what's going on like I want to send that message to anybody listening who's going through something fucking claim some fun fucking have some fun because you know what like life life we never know what's around the corner and I think it's so important to live ourselves in alignment with knowing that we've lived because and and that's defining that in the way that means to you because where you and I's pleasure points will differ and it's claiming your own pleasure points what could be pleasure to you could be deemed as boring by somebody else but like really to another person and I think becoming okay with that right and and really owning that side of ourselves and because you know like if say somebody's a very shall we say sexual person and somebody isn't a sexual person they will be driving that oh there must be something wrong with how I feel pleasure or pleasure because I'm not like that person we're all bloody different and it's knowing your own self and working from that space from within and then moving that outwards and so if you're doing that it's not going to like whatever's going on on the outside. If you see somebody doing something, maybe you like to look at that, but it's being able to appreciate what somebody else is like without feeling you have to be like that. Because sometimes the one I said, we don't always, it's that thing about we think we want something, but we don't. Sometimes it's merely observing and appreciating. That if we mm. see somebody doing something and sometimes we allow things to trigger us because we don't just want to say openly I really appreciate what they're doing I don't think that's for me but I'm gonna you know just appreciate from this space but I'm gonna go back and stay in my own lane now because like it's actually not what I really want I like the idea of it we can like the idea of things hell of a lot more than actually what we really want Mm, that's it COVID really sort of brought me back and a lot of people back into alignment albeit uh it's been a real like traumatic year but before pre-covid I was especially within business or predominantly in business I'm a new business right so I'm learning everything on the job um I had a lot of influential people around me who are like I would classify as more successful or have been in business for a lot longer and I see them doing things I saw them doing things I'm like oh it works I get it I understand it and I try and do these things that they'd help me with or suggest and I just it just wouldn't work and it would push me back into a corner and I just feel like I failed or what's wrong why can't I do it it works for that person it works for that person why doesn't it work for me but really this year gave me that space to just sit and be like, oh, it works for them because that's their path. Yeah. <laughs> it works for them because it's 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 them. They've helped me with their advice. I sieve out whatever resonates with me and I do things my way. Predominantly there's no rules. It's my path mm-hmm. and I just do it my way. Fine if it's not textbook. Fine if it doesn't 
you know, you know, marketing and funnels and all of that jazz, whatever, that's fine. Predominantly it will, it will evolve. And, and actually since I surrendered, let go, accepted, things have gone so much smoother because it's done my way. Yeah, exactly. And they will do. And I think it's, yeah, it's coming back to, to coming back to yourself, isn't it? And coming back to, you know, who you are and building yourself from it's, you know, from the inside out, isn't it? And mm-hmm. recognizing that that's, you know, all them. And also like, it would be hell of a boring if we were all the same, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it can be misleading. Obviously we see online and in maybe successful arenas, we see everybody can be like this. Everyone can do this. Yes. Everybody can achieve things, but it's making sure that you're not selling them your dream. You're selling them their dream. You're helping them get to where they need to be, not what you think they should be doing. Or if you see somebody that is not resonating with what maybe you're suggesting to them or doing, be like, okay, that's not because you're doing it wrong. It's actually, maybe that's not right for you. And how can we see this differently? How can we do this differently? And, you know, that was what it came down to me with the, and, and I bring this back to healing because when we go on a healing journey in whatever form, it's, it's that is the key to success. It's no longer seeing healing as the outside thing. It's understanding it's your healing journey. If something isn't working, that's okay. Like what you say, take what you can from it. Thank it, appreciate it and, and, and remove things where you feel guilty because we feel guilty often. If it comes back to that guilt thing, we feel guilty if something hasn't worked and move on. Mm. And know that that was a small facet in your healing journey or your business journey or your process and move on to the next thing that you might want to try that's going to help you. Mm. But it's tailoring things and understanding that healing is not linear healing is in spirals there are so many layers you could heal something from 10 years ago and then it could start showing its little ugly head 10 years later and you're like what is going on there's blimmin' spirals (laughs) and you know what it's okay because actually you're learning at it you're seeing it from a new perspective sometimes we're just shown to bring us back down to to the ground sometimes we need to come back to our knees and surrender and we need to just you know come back to that place of humility a little bit and just know that you know we don't always have all the answers that's okay we won't always get it right that's okay but when we start accepting that we can start to accept the things we will get right we can start Mm. to reclaim the pleasure we do want we can start to reclaim ourselves in ways we never thought possible before Mm, that's true what's what's really helped me with with what you've just said is just recognizing that everyone is doing the best they can so I may have experienced you know upset I may be angry or upset by other people's actions but I don't blame them for their actions because that instantly I mean if sometimes you do need to blame oh yeah during the during the grieving process (laughs) but for me just understanding that people are doing the best they can. I'm doing the best I can. You're doing the best you can. I may upset you with words that I speak and, and vice versa and my actions and I may make, make mistakes, but hey, I, I've done the best I can in the situation and the knowledge that I have right now and vice versa, all these other people that are around you are doing what they see is best for them. And like you said, it's it's everyone has different likes, different dislikes, people work in different ways. And we're all going to figure it out one day, oh, <laughs> but it doesn't mean that it's all planned out for us at that time. It's just 
that specific key has been like, oh, okay, I've unlocked that. But then it's, you know, there's another conundrum that will happen or whatever, but it's, sure. it's life, isn't it? It is. And it's part yeah. of like, and when we learn to just ride those waves and be like, you know, it, it's, it's stopping the fight because if we're not fighting against it, because it's interesting, isn't it? Say when somebody gets unwell, we're told to fight it. And it's changing that, it's kind of changing the energy and intention around that from fighting to reclaiming, to trusting. It doesn't mean if somebody's giving up or accepting or they're looking at it differently, they're not quote unquote fighting to get their health back, fighting to get their whatever they're looking for back. It just means looking at it in a way where we're not bringing war into the question with ourselves. Mm, So interesting. It's a good point. Because that's what it comes down to. It's always that internal battle. We are continually in as well as what happens on the outside, an internal revolution. And we need to become our own revolutionary for ourselves within us. Mm, Recognize our achievements. And also celebrate ourselves. And also Mm -hmm. that if even if it's like the littlest thing or be like, you know, like I'm going to be grateful for that. For me, like gratitude, like when I started having a gratitude practice and a friend of mine once said to me, really makes me angry how grateful you are. You know, (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and it simply comes down to the fact that, you know, for me, I realized I know what it's like to have everything stripped. And I think that's what it comes down to. Mm. We seek all these outside things, but trust me, when you have been stripped back to nothing, where just, you know, you realize what's important. And Mm -hmm. often I think sometimes things happen for us to strip us back, to even just give us an inkling, to remind us of that, to remind us, where our power lies beyond those outside things the power has to lie within us always Oosh. yeah well that's powerful words babe Thanks, it's been babe. so wonderful to have you here but to to round up the conversation what is your most recent drama <laughs> and oh, if- I, think it, I was thinking <laughs> I, I don't know like um oh god um I wouldn't say recent, but probably the most difficult thing that happened in the last year and a half was I moved into a place by myself. Now, it's not as normal for like a normal person. They just move in and they get on with their life. I need a little bit of help and stuff. So, you know, there was quite a lot of drama around that. Um, and but I, I allowed myself I, I because I had those tools and don't get me wrong there were moments of resistance and kicking and screaming but because I had those tools I just gave myself the time time and allowed and trusted and came kept coming back into my body to feel safe and that I could do this and also that if it wasn't going to work that was okay too mm as soon as you you move into that space because uh, I wouldn't yeah outside of that I, I've tried not to avoid drama but I you know I try and uh, navigate there's not been any other kind of really yeah majory majory dramas um just like you know general annoying ones like you know like <laughs> like my friend Dominic who's really annoying <laughs> um <laughs> but but yeah for me that that was a lot that was a huge huge you know life change quite dramatic really and quite difficult and quite challenging um 
and also you know not really knowing how it was going to be due to the circumstances that I'm in Mm. and also learning to pace yourself at that pace and also that you initially I was a little bit more tired I was struggling a bit more because I was having like just like so many other things were going on and it was more I was having to almost do more but then I was having to rest more so it was just regulating myself with that how to overcome the drama emotional regulation understanding yourself trusting embodiment feeling safe for me that's what it always comes back to breathing coming back into my body even if it's still going on shit showy around you just coming back in checking in as much as possible and knowing that in the end it will all be okay in some way it will all come out in the wash won't it um in some way or the other and you know just to remember it was sometimes in those moments to remember to you know do something nice like I like watching Colin Firth in old school Pride and Prejudice um the BBC version where Colin turns me on and so I would sit and watch (laughs) Colin and Mr Darcy and it was a you know it was a way for me just to kind of anchor in it was pleasure um and it made me happy I didn't have to think you know, and it was just doing little things like that, which helped to also putting on some like music. I, I have a really eclectic taste in music. So there's all kinds of like dodgy tunes that come out of me, but just things like that, they help, don't they? Yeah, they really do. And well, well done for making that move. And and just as simple as looking at yourself a year and a half ago, you know, in this space now, it's like, aren't you glad you made that move (laughs) yeah no definitely and I think that's what it comes down to it's also it it gave me that perspective of also the humbling perspective of like really honoring myself and like sometimes recognizing I don't give myself enough credit like you know I guess because I'm constantly I am on the more positive side of the spectrum sometimes it is hard and actually owning that and saying it out loud it is hard I do struggle sometimes and it is harder than your average person and that's okay and really owning that gave me so much in in the long term to really celebrate myself that because I guess I don't see my I I obviously know the outside where there are differences but I forget that and then it's coming back to that and being like actually I've done really fucking well there Mm, you have you have darling you're you're honestly such an inspiration and it's been wonderful to have you Mm, it's been a a pleasure babe (laughs) would you mind sharing where people can find you and um, if you have any offers or information Um, find me at www.hannahwallace.com com oh, hannah-wallace.com instagram the hannah wallace facebook hannah wallace um podcast finding grace on all major platforms and i'm just trying to think if there's anything else oh yeah i mean get in touch with me um via via either my website or on instagram that is the best hoods to find me in mm. amazing Mwah! sending you so much love signing out out of spiritual soaps thank you for joining me in today's episode if you've taken lots of insights from the discussions please make sure you leave a review so i can keep the podcast flowing Uh, pop your instagram handle in there too so i can visit your page to say thank you i may even send out a few lucky listeners a thank you prize Keep your friends updated also by sharing spiritual soaps with them. Let's keep this healthy conversation flowing. 
If you're not already following me on social media, you can join my community uh, for more spiritual tips and inspiration through my Instagram page at the energy coach underscore. Feel free to tag me in all your revelations. I love hearing them. You can also visit my website, www.the-energycoach.com to find my soul alignment healing programs and I've got some freebies on there too. I cannot wait to connect with you in the next juicy episode. In the meantime, if you'd like to be on the podcast or you have any questions you'd like me to discuss on spiritual soaps, please reach out. Keep doing what you're doing, my love, and be kind along the way. This is your soul's magic communicating and shining from within. Okay, that's it for now. Love you, bye.